Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or most likely anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And this week, I am still your host, Joe, here for yet another week. We're here today to talk about episode 106, The Garrison Commander. And I have to say, I feel like I've been waiting my whole podcasting life to talk about this episode. Megan stated to me when we started watching it this, that this was, in fact, her favorite episode. Which is interesting because since we have had a run of 100 score episodes and I warned her that you can't go up from 100, I'm curious to see if this will be our first 100 plus loin point I gave the last one 100 plus. Rent. We'll see what happens. We're going to get into the 5 millions at some point here. So this episode was written by Iris Stephen Bear, who was a dominant writer in season 1 and 2. Um, and he was their Jack Randall specialist, basically. Yeah, yeah. You said that he wrote this episode and then came back in the latter parts of the season where Jack gets a, a little more involved. So he certainly does get more involved. Yeah, he wrote the last two episodes, I believe. Yeah. Or the two episodes where it's Jack Randall heavy. Okay, cool. Yeah, this was directed by Brian Kelly, who directed the last few episodes yeah, he's as been, well. He's been heavy in here for sure. Yeah. And the title card of this episode was, do you remember what it was? I don't. It was that old-fashioned razor and then shaving paraphernalia sort of up against a a window. Makes sense. Um, So this episode begins at the end of last episode, which was the cliffhanger of Lieutenant Jeremy Foster saying, do you need help? Yeah. She says she's fine. He insists that she comes with him. But in a nice way. Yeah. He doesn't, it's not, he made it clear that you're coming, but it wasn't. He's like, I would feel better just yeah, knowing was, if you. But smart on Claire, though, to say that, no, she was okay. Yeah. You know, she's in, she is a guest of Clan Mackenzie and being treated just great. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, no. That no. was a wise move on her part. It actually all worked out at that point very well for her. She she kept in the good books of Dougal mm-hmm. and with the British. It yeah. was a yeah. rare Claire um, <laughs> diplomatic win. Yes, it was. It was. Although Dougal immediately says he's coming too. Mm-hmm. When yeah. when Lieutenant Jeremy Foster says, "I'd like for you to come with me," and he's like, "If the lady goes, I go too." Which is this is something interesting that um, I didn't realize the first time, and I thought about this time. It's how did Dougal's men know where they were? Like, Claire just went off to the river, and Dougal went after her, and then they just leave? Well, we don't know what happened in between, because they kind of cut to them right. on their... So maybe, so maybe Dougal was like, hey, hey guys, yeah. this is happening. Okay. Right? Yeah, we I, can I, I don't assume know. so. Suspension of disbelief. So they show Claire riding with the British army. And, and she and Dougal and she feels a kinship with them because mm. she says they're still the British Army she fought beside for six years. Yeah, um, I so. like this. I thought this was a really nice nod because you would feel more at home, right? Yeah, she was used to being surrounded by soldiers. Soldiers, yeah. British soldiers, yeah. For that matter, yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, and then when she arrives, the uh. Jeremy Foster introduces her to Sir Oliver Lord Thomas, and I love this guy. Yeah, this was um, something that was really, really strong in the first season. Just the casting across the board in the first season is yes. great. Like, uh, there's been so many 
sort of small bit part actors in season one that have really come in and just shone. There was, what was the dude that died a couple episodes ago? The the boar, yes, boar, boar yeah. leg man. Jordy. Jordy. Jordy crushed it. And then this guy came in and he was great as well. But yeah. I don't think you ever see him again. No, you never do. Yeah. But he calls her an English rose. He offers her wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um and he is the com- he's he's described as the commanding officer of the British Army. So he's actually yeah, he's, he's a rank above Brigadier General. He's he's very high. Yeah, he is high. Um, but he and Dougal then have this fairly aggressive well yeah. back and forth. It's interesting because at the end of all this, he's like, "Well, how can we how can we possibly hope to make peace with these <laughs> savages?" But he is just prodding Dougal awful. the whole. The whole way through, like just little pokes, just poke, yeah, poke, poke. And there's so many. I mean, there's so many amazing lines in this episode. But I don't know if you remember, but uh, Lieutenant Jeremy Foster, who I just love, he's such a great guy, and he and he only refer to him by his full name, (laughs) right? And he introduces Dougal to um, Sir Oliver Thomas, or Sir Oliver Lord Thomas, um, in a very respectful manner. He's yeah. like, and he is the war chief of clan. War chief of clan Mackenzie. Like he basically explains, like this guy is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And then Dougal says something, and Sir, Sir Oliver Thomas Sir says, Ryan. "I I don't know about you guys, but I can't understand a, a word the creature says." Well, and it was interesting because Dougal spoke in a very thick he accent. Thickened it up yeah, for he thickened sure. it up because then when he took a shot at him. Because then he's like, oh, well, you know, it'd be easier if everyone spoke like they were from London. And Dougal very clearly said, why don't y'all go back to London then? That and, is one and, of my favorite. I actually yeah. wrote it down. He says, if you wish to hear Londoners speak, perhaps you should have stayed in London. Yeah. So, and he does. You're right. He says so, it with a so very. Dougal's prodding back a little too. It's a very slight, you know, war of wills, really. Yeah. And, and Claire almost chastises the two of them. She does chastise the two of them. She says, that's enough. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Dougal almost seems proud. Someone says, I think it's the... Well, she the, the general says, if, if you weren't a woman, I would make you a colonel because you sure know how to command men. And Dougal's like, she sure, she sure, she does. sure does. Yeah, yeah. no, he's... Dougal, I think, has a bit of a crush on Claire. Yeah, well, he's I mean, definitely he... fondening up. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to fondling up, which is what he was trying to do a couple episodes right, ago. Right, but, but he, now is, he's... he is becoming fond of her. Yeah, I and mean... And respects I, her? Can we say he respects her? Um, becoming certainly more respectful of her. I mean, I, I think they're all sort of respectful of her, even though she's, to them, brash and brazen. And she is... Uh, she doesn't back down from her convictions and that kind of thing. And I think in, in that circle, that was very like a very yeah. honorable... Uh, trait, so mm-hmm. you can't help but but respect her. I think. Yeah, that gets her into a lot of oh, trouble. In gets this her into episode. a giant shitstorm for pretty much the remainder of the series. But yeah. So Lord Thomas tells Dougal, unfortunately, we have no wine or cheese or food for you. So mm-hmm. get like, out of here. And like, Dougal's well, that's like, "Well, fine because there's Scottish ale in the common room anyway." So yeah, Dougal's perfectly y'all. happy to leave. Yeah. Um, and then we have this montage of Claire really enjoying herself yeah. over dinner. She's laughing. She's charming. She's like, well, I will have another glass of wine. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and basically the plan is for her to be returned to Inverness with uh, Lieutenant Jeremy Foster. Right, which is great. 
uh, who, as Joe, you described him as, because I said, doesn't he just come across as such a nice guy? Like, if I had to be taken on a trip to Inverness to go back to the Standing Stones, I would be comfortable. And you said, yes, he is not at all rapey. No, he is a non-rapey <laughs> character. One he of is. very few non-rapey male characters in this show. Yes. So good for him. So right as Claire is holding her glass in the air, toasting to her um, fairly immediate departure. Mm-hmm. Guess who comes in? Blackjack Randall. Knock, knock, knock. Yeah. He doesn't knock. He just barges right, in. Right, yeah. And, and he gets chastised for it. That's but, right. And Lord Thomas covers the wine and he's like, Captain Randall, yeah. like the wine. And you can just see like. Yeah, Cap- Randall. He has no respect for the general whatsoever. He doesn't feel like he's a real soldier in any way, and and he he actually he, he treats the general with the basically the most minimal amount of respect he can without getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as he's going to dust himself off, he and Claire have a moment where they just they do a close oh, up, and just evil stare each other, and they just <sighs> stare. And you actually said. They both look so much younger because they did a close-up on both yeah. the actors' faces. Tobias Menzies for sure looks so much younger. And yeah. isn't that isn't that great, though? That just means that they did good makeup to age them. Because really, guess, there's yeah. only a two-year difference. Maybe yeah, three. Yeah, three yeah. years between when they shot that and when they shot... No, but they definitely look younger for sure. Maybe there's four because I know they shot the first eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first eight episodes of season one and then they took a break and then they shot the last eight. So... These first eight, this was this was probably four or five years ago at this right. point. It makes a difference. It does. Um, and, and yeah, so the general asks, oh, do you guys know each other? They're like, no, we don't. And then they just keep like eye-hating each other. And the general, the general knows, obviously, that they know each other. Yeah, and Randall comes back and he basically starts to offer Claire bait. Because he's like, he's so suspicious of her. Yeah. He doesn't believe anything. And he just starts throwing stuff she at her, waiting. And, sink her. Yeah. and she takes it all. And she yeah. she sinks. She ends up. In front of him. Yeah. And at one point, he even goes so far as to say that um, she's been sleeping with Dougal McKenzie. Mm-hmm. In front of everyone. Right. And Claire says, how dare you? And even Lord Thomas says, you've crossed a line, sir. And another one of my favorite lines it's delivered so well by Tobias Penzi he says if I'm wrong I apologize and he kind of like flips his hand and I've never seen anyone apologize so insincerely before right um (laughs) you know he's not at all sorry no and not even a little bit sorry and uh but but, they say she's too sympathetic to the savages right she's been living amongst them for too long and then she has this Scottish rant about how or no right before she's they say yeah. she's been living. She talks about how they just want their freedom and how you know we're the British are invading on their territory. And she basically screws herself over. Yeah, she really does. Yeah, really hard. Blows all of her goodwill. Yeah. And uh, and then but then there's a big emergency. Yeah. Because a man is wounded in the common room. Is that is that yeah, what breaks been, it up? Yeah, yeah, there's been a rebel attack, and right. Captain Randall says rebel attacks are almost a weekly occurrence. And Lord Thomas says, thank you, Captain. I have read the reports. He's so annoyed. Yeah. But I really, I love this actor. The the general. Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe that he had read the reports and that he. Right. He's, well, he, he had a, a great weight to him that it was, he was very, uh, like, aloof and uh, poncy. But uh, at the same time, 
could turn dark in a second. Well, like, because it remember, was all an act. Like, yeah, remember when Dougal did say that line about if you wish to hear Londoner speak, perhaps you should have stayed in London, and someone tries to translate yeah. for him, and he's like, I know perfectly well what he said, yeah. and you can just see he's... Like, this is someone who orders people to be executed, for sure. Yeah, no, he's he's a hard man yeah. under, a, under a fluffy shell. Right, sure. and yeah. he's playing extra fluffy because there's an English rose in the room. Right, exactly. Right, and he probably is homesick and doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So, the rebel attack leaves someone with a, a horrible very... Horrible arm wound. A horrible arm wound. Claire goes down and immediately says, yep. we, we got to cut this we, thing right we've off. We've got to amputate it. And but on her way down, Dougal's there, and he grabs her, and he's like, "Are you okay? Because I saw Randall go up there." Yeah. And I said to you, "I'm like, why is he still there?" And you're like, "Because he's protecting her, and he is, right?" Yeah, like, yeah, she's Dougal part of the at team this now. point. Yeah. Well, and and she could have, he owes her really, because she could have really gotten Dougal and all of his men killed. When when uh, what's his name, little non-rapey John, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Jeremy Foster. Yeah, Lieutenant Jeremy Foster came up she could have been like yes i'm a captive these people are jacobite traitors they would have shot dougal on the spot and then went and got all his men so he's she's in like she she could have that's true boned, boned them all yeah and yeah no so so i think she's earned at least some respect right well yes and i like to believe that dougal while he is sort of a, a mixed character he he knows how crazy randall is yeah no and i didn't I, it didn't even occur to me until I watched it this time. They they flash back to him. He was at the Jamie whipping. the Jamie flogging. Yeah, showing no emotion at all. We'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second. But he knows that Randall is fucking crazy. Yeah, like absolutely loony. Because when he saw him go up, he was like, "Oh God, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. Crazy's but, here." But Claire actually sends him away. But he doesn't go. Well, but he he leaves the room. But she's she because she says they're going to be looking for someone to blame. Oh, you're right. I forgot about so that. So I would be more comfortable if you were gone. So yeah. So he leaves, at least leaves the common room. Right. And while she does the amputation. Yeah, helps that. And then which a, is, yeah, the doctor shows up and one time the guy's like, you can use my sword. And she's like, okay. And then the guy's like, no, wait, I have a saw. That's way better. And why would that be better? Uh, I don't know. I know Very little about- nothing about amputations. <laughs> I don't even really... I don't even really know why amputating was the preferential. It was, and I don't literally, know. it was just a quick look. Yeah, so this this arm this, has to go. I mean, there must be an obvious reason to someone with literally any medical knowledge whatsoever, but I have none. So I just think I, I don't both know you and I would not have suggested that. We would have put like maybe like a wrapped it up, wrapped it up, tourniquet. <laughs> I don't know something, something of some gauze. I don't know. So she holds him down mm-hmm. while they do the amputation. Yeah. And he, did you find that disturbing, that scene? I mean, no. He, no nothing the, the, disturbs Nothing. You. He puts the thing in his mouth and he's like, bite down till your teeth crack, Jimmy. It's like, well, now Jimmy has to go yeah. to a dentist. And back That's then, right. dentists were... It wasn't going to go well for Jimmy no matter what. Dentally or appendageally. Yeah, nicely. Yeah. Nicely Thank done. You. So she finishes the amputation. Mm-hmm, yeah. Goes back upstairs to finish her right. lovely and, dinner. And nobody... No one's there. They all went down a secret staircase or crawled out the window. Or, I mean, she might have just been really distracted with while she the, was holding the guy fair. down as they sawed his arm sawed off. Sawed his arm off, screaming with blood spurting everywhere. That's valid. But yeah, so left in the room is Jack Randall and his little manservant little pipsqueak. giving him a shave. Yes. Which I think is was completely planned by everybody. Like, I think... You don't think that... 
Absolutely. I Lord think, Thomas yeah. was like, you can stay here. Yep. 100%. No. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Why do you think that? Well, after she left, I'm sure there was there would have been, you know, in the story, if, uh, you know, she, she had already thrown herself under the bus and I'm sure Randall was like, hey, give me a couple minutes with this uh, obvious traitor and I can get the truth out of her. And Lord Ponzi was like, do it. Aww. Yeah, and that's why they took uh, Jeremy, Happy Jeremy, off with. Well, them. because she goes up, and when she sees, she's like, "Well, I'm gonna where? Where's Lord Thomas?" And he's yeah. like, "He's gone." He's, and yeah. he says, "And in case you haven't noticed, he's a fool." Right. And, and then he pours out his special wine. His special wine that he so loved that wine. And then she says, "Well, what about uh, Lieutenant Foster? Lieutenant nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant non-rapey. Yeah. And he says, "Yeah, he's gone too. So just me." Yeah, that's right. And then she watches him get shaved, and she has a flashback to Frank. Yeah, and Frank says that you see that uh, that Frank is using the family razor, which uh, mm, which Blackjack has. Yeah, it's so it, it, it makes it yeah, you know like a real a real mindfuck really for Claire because he's basically looking at her husband shaving with his razor, and except, has memories of except he's a bad evil monster man. He really is. Yeah. Anyway, so he he stands up. Pip Squeak leaves. Yeah. He stands up and says, um, "I, I would like some honesty from you. Like I know that you haven't been telling me the truth, and I would I would like some honesty." And she says, in another one of my favorite lines, do you remember what she says? No. My honesty will match yours, Captain. Right. Which is ironic because it's a total lie, but that's fine. No, but she doesn't know. Like she doesn't. I don't think she thinks he's being honest. What would he lie about? I don't know. <laughs> Still a good line. Right. And it's a great line. Yeah, it is. I give it 4,000 loin points. <laughs> so they sit down and he says, let us begin by you telling me who you are and why you are in Scotland. And immediately you're like, ooh, this is an interrogation. <laughs> yeah, 100%. She's like, my name is Claire Beecham. And, I, and he just cuts her off right away. It's like, I've heard the bullshit story. Yes, and he hear... just keeps drilling her with questions. Like, he's throwing them at her. And then he asks her in French if she speaks French. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she does. She back with better French. With better French. And he says, are you a prostitute in French? And he's like, you don't seem like someone who would rouge Use your nipples. nipples. Like, is, that is that what they did? <laughs> Um, but she gets really stuck when he says, what's your maiden name? Yeah. Because she's using her maiden yeah, name. Yeah, and then she does like a little she can't hop, skip, and a jump. And he calls her out on the hop, skip, and the jump. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, but... Is this where, and then she just decides that a good idea would be to dive into an even more terrible, <laughs> spectacular lie. Yes. And she, it really pisses him off. And it's funny yeah. because even every time she's answering him, I mean, we all know how I feel about Tobias Menzies. He's incredible. But his face, he's oh, just getting more and more annoyed. He, he keeps is, it all internalized. Well, like he, but, what were gonna, no, I you was going to say, he is an incredible facial actor. Like, he uh, has an incredible, like, way of emoting that sometimes his mouth and his eyes are giving off two separate emotions at the same time. Like sometimes he's talking eloquently, but his eyes are just piercing fire demon balls. And then other times he'll be are... looking and he's doing he does this like half mouth sneer, like just like a and it's uh it's, it's scary. Like he's a scary dude. He is scary. He also sometimes does 
very surprising things with his eyebrows, which comes. Well, I've never seen anyone. It, it, it's very threatening, and I can't explain yeah, well, it. But while Walt saying really nice things, his eyebrows are like, "I'm gonna yeah. kill you." Yeah, he has a very threatening, "I'm gonna kill you" presence. And and yeah, he just he hates everything she's saying. He starts drawing a picture of her while she tells her, like you said, her even worse lie. Yeah, yeah, and and then she he's like, "Hey, come take a look at this picture." She's like, "Oh, it looks beautiful." And uh, what does he say? I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the beautiful liar yeah. <laughs> or something something like, it's like that. Like I'm so glad you approve of it. It's called beautiful lies. You yeah, fucking bitch. Like, Pretty much is exactly. Hates her. Yeah. yeah, but then he. And then he. Do you know what he? Do you remember what he asks right after that? No. He's like, let's talk about the Jacobite cause because that's right. what it comes down to, right? right? He's like, how do I kill you and arrest all the people yeah. you've been with? Yeah. Because and he just like throws a red out there. He's like, I know, I know, Dougal McKenzie is collecting money for the Jacobite cause. Like, yeah, he basically he know, is like, and you know what? He's not a dumb guy, Jack no, Randall. I'm, absolutely like, he's not. Been no. living in Scotland for a while. He. That's obviously his job. Yeah, he knows exactly what's going on. He just yeah. can't prove it. Yeah, but I just thought it was funny that. He, you know, he spent quite a while asking her a bunch of questions. He gets to a point where he's like, you're not telling me anything, mm-hmm. honestly. You're yep. lying about everything. Right. See this picture? You're a fucking liar. <laughs> let's talk about the Jacobite cause. Yeah, let's skip right to it. Um, and she, I think, very convincingly says she doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. At which point you're like, wow, Claire is really, she really truly is in with the Mackenzie clan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, because no, she could... She's she's turned over, for sure. Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know. And she could have thrown them under the bus to save her own... Oh, yeah, yeah. She could have ruined she... them all right there just to... Except that, I don't think... Maybe maybe if it was someone else, but right. even if she... Jack Randall was... He hates her too much. It's not like if she'd been like, okay, listen, yes. They talk about the Jacobite cause. I need to get home, though, so mm-hmm. if I give you this information, will you take care of me? Like, she can't trust him. No. So... May as well just lie to him. Yeah. Um, that worked. Anyways, and then didn't he... Work. It did not work. He says he'll have to interrogate her with things other than talk. Right. And I believe him when he says yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And she says that she's heard of his interrogation methods. methods and Q then flashback. Q flashback. This flashback to Jamie's flogging mm-hmm. is so disgusting. Couldn't I can't watch it. I can't, I can't watch it. Yeah. I cannot watch it. What did you think of it? Well, first of all, the first part that I thought wasn't very good was she's like, I heard a story about where you flogged a young boy for stealing a cookie or something like that. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, what? hello, Claire, what did you, is that what Dougal Mackenzie told you? And hey, then it what's goes, happening? And then it goes, <laughs> and then it goes to the flashback and I'm like, who's the young boy? It's Jamie? Jamie's like 38 years old. It's like he, he could He's look, not 38 years he's old. Like he's like 6'5 and about 220. I think he Like he couldn't, like, you know, in my mind, I was expecting like Oliver Twist and we get like, you know, Scottish The Rock. You know, like he's... Yeah. he's he like, was so young was, though. He was very young when I, that happened. I guess, but either way, like it's just, yeah, that was a bad table setting for that flashback. Okay. Uh, but then, but then we get to the whooping and the whipping and... And he basically... Did it gross you out because nothing disturbs you? Did that scene... That's no. a hard scene to watch, isn't it? It didn't bother me at all. No, it didn't bother you at all. I wonder, was it necessary for it to be so long, do you think? Uh, like, do we... Yeah, no, it, well... It, is it necessary is, for us as viewers to see that? It is, because it's a huge... It's like, even though this, it, this was like such a long... 
uh, I felt this whole scene was too long. It just went on for two, 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 like the whole thing, the whole, the, this whole Claire, Jack Randall interrogation scene, I feel like went off like it was well written and that kind of stuff. But just for me, it was just too long, but it, it was important because there's a progression of like this. Basically this scene shows you that Jack Randall is a psychopath, right? Like he's a clinical yeah. psychopath. Yeah. Right. Because he says he started out where he basically the whole reason he flogged him is because Jamie didn't cry out the first time right. and it was like basically he couldn't it was disrespectful or something yeah. like he couldn't he, he it, it was disturbing talking like people about were rallying yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, I yeah. need to basically he's like I need to make him yeah and scream he didn't because he passed out right so he whipped him and whipped him and then basically he said that you know as he described it basically he said halfway through he realized that he so like it just like his care the story just turned like he started saying that you know like he enjoyed it and he liked the screams and he said that you know he discovered that looking at jamie's you know red oatmeal back was like a like the greatest the a masterpiece and the most beautiful thing he'd ever so he's so, psycho yeah so you see like it's it's a it basically defines the character of, of jack randall like it shows you that he's not this is a regular bad guy. He is a psychopath. Like this is a guy that would be a serial killer, or like this is a this is a psychopath man. He's a bad, crazy dude. Um, and this is this is and the you, scene. So that you think of, it's necessary for us to see this? I mean, couldn't he, we just have listened to it maybe and heard? It didn't have to be this long, but it was so definitely disturbing. effective. In, yeah, in, in, in getting across his character. And so. Because he says the the darkness has grown within me, and I have right. hatred of the very world itself. Right. So then he kind of opens up to Claire like a little they, bit, they and have... Claire thinks that it that he just has some sort of I think she's hoping it's just some sort of soldier PTSD. PTSD. Well, she's crying hearing the story, and part of me that I don't know if they just didn't touch on it. Um, I didn't think about it the first time, but I mean, from Claire's point of view, and maybe I'm giving the show too much credit. It's like. She's watching Frank tell this story. Yeah. Right? She's now seeing this this like psychopath, yeah. but it's her husband. Yeah. You know, from, from her point of view. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that has to be an extra layer of disturbing. I don't or think maybe, you're giving the story too much credit. I think that's one of the things otherwise. They, they don't touch on it in the in the show though. Right. But maybe they did in the book, but that's that's one of those things where I would have liked to have seen a, a, a little more frank flashback in there to show like the that she was that you know that sort of thing that, that it was like oh well this is also me projecting my husband into this as well yeah. which would be really hard right well because she knows that frank had like really disturbing moments during the war mm-hmm. right and she says you're not the first soldier that has been yeah changed by war so suddenly she's like oh you know you can be redeemed, but I think she's being honest. I don't think she's trying to scam him at this point. Yeah, and I, I definitely think one of the reasons why she's crying and why she is so deeply disturbed is because it is like watching her husband. And I don't know if you remember, but in season two, when she goes back and Frank goes towards her, she sees. Yeah. She sees. Well, yeah, because now they're kind of like the same. Blackjack coming towards her. Yeah. So, and, but then we see that this is all. This whole thing is just another. 
it's my he's mind playing with her. Yeah, you know, because she says, rules. you know, he says, do you think that there's hope for me? Do you think that I'll yeah. be able to look myself in the mirror again? You know, maybe as a first step, what if I take you to Inverness? And she's like, oh, really? Yes, I would, she said be, that would be a. a but there's like job. no truth to anything he's saying. No, like, he's just purely. He's just. This is all just like evil talk now. The whole thing is just to get her hopes up so he can then get her to stand up and punch her mercilessly in the stomach and he basically lifts her head up and says I have embraced the darkness Claire or something like that the darkness lives within me the darkness lives within me Claire but that scene where he punches her in the stomach I also find so violent well it's so out of the blue because the the show does a good job of roping you in like it's like oh you know maybe he is and then it's like no out of the blue socks her in the gut and it's like a sock in the gut to the the viewer it's really well well executed and Katrina Ball plays she it. She sells it hard. Well. Yeah, and then he calls in Lieutenant Pipsqueak. Pipsqueak. Yeah, it's like, Until. which is almost worse, right? Because then it shows he's extra cruel because now he's making this guy who has who, no choice who has no choice but obviously has no interest. It's kind of like he's like psycho on top of psycho. He's now manipul- like he this guy's just an evil jerk off who like just manipulates and makes everyone around him worse. Yeah. And so he tells him to kick him yeah. a couple of times. And at this point, you're as a viewer, you're just like, I can't handle this for very much longer. Yeah. And then enter Dougal. He walks in like a freaking hero. Yeah. He bursts open the door. How does he know what's going on? Who knows? But that's fine. He, I feel like he must have been listening. Or maybe when Pipsqueak came in, maybe. he left yeah. the door open. Yeah. Who knows? No, he didn't because Dougal opened the door. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Maybe he left it. Maybe he was watching Pipsqueak. Thought he was in there too long. Who knows? Anyway, Dougal. But he, and he walks towards Pipsqueak and Oh, he goes in her, with determination. And that yeah. little guy shrinks away. And the direction, I just want to do a shout out to Brian Kelly, the direction. Dougal looks huge. Yeah. He looks like a Menacing war chief and... as he walks up towards him. Like, what are you doing? But at the same time, very composed that he didn't run in there and start like throwing elbows. Like he just. No. Yeah. He just walks in and. And actually very diplomatically diffuses the situation because guards come in right after and point the guns at him and, and he's like, I am the war chief of Clan Mackenzie. She's under my protection. Y'all can go fuck yourself, basically. Yeah, and, and they and do. We, we, we get to walk well, out of here. Well, Randall says, you have until 6 p.m. tomorrow, but... Um, and if we don't... And if and if she's not here by then, we're going to arrest you for harboring a uh, suspected criminal or something. Yeah, and you'll be executed. Yeah. But he lets them go. Yeah, he does, and kind of, but kind of like Snickers, like it was almost like there's no point. But well, he almost kind of likes releasing her back out so he can catch her again. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he he's he's kind of okay with it because he probably could have detained them, but he it's almost more fun for him that they go. He's so crazy. He's so crazy. He's so crazy. It's a really well written character. Yeah. Yeah. So Dougal and Claire ride off together they stop at i think the stream of truth i don't know exactly yeah i don't know the yeah the the i, I don't really I, I i remember this though from the very from the first time we watched it this. resonated yeah with for you. whatever because like this, what this, happened this, if she'd accidentally like swallowed water the wrong way or something and started yeah coughing. You know how it is like, so, so yeah so, so basically Dougal's like have a drink of this pond it it smells like horror but it's it'll wet your whistle or something like that he says and uh, that's a that's a paraphrase. That is a paraphrase. That's a hard paraphrase. Right but there. a good one. Uh, but 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 gets the point across. And yeah, and then then basically why she's drinking, he pulls out his dirk and puts it behind his back. And then when she gets up, he says, you know, 
basically, did you did you rat us out? No, he says, are you an English spy? Oh, I'm sorry, that's right. He does. And yeah, she's are like, you an why are you asking now? me this <laughs> again? And she says, I am not an English spy. I am just plain Claire Beecham. And he's like, okay, okay I believe fine. you. Puts his dagger back in and she's and then, like, really? And she calls him out on it. Yeah. Claire just can't let a good right. thing die. Yeah. Yeah. She grabs his arm and she's like, why all of a sudden? Are you going to kill me? And he, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, but this uh, magic spring, so I, I, this is magic spring, so I know that you are. And she, she makes fun of him. She's like, magic spring? Are you kidding? Yeah. And I think we've discussed this before, but again, for someone who has magically traveled back in time. Right. She doesn't have. She has no tolerance. (laughs) Any tolerance. For any belief of magic. Yeah. And Dougal's like, as a healer, surely you understand magic is real and she's like nope no i don't time travel but no yes not as a healer and not as a time traveler do i believe in magic which is funny but yeah and again that was another kind of boner maneuver though because this the magic spring just got you off the hook yeah why are you saying it's not true be like yes that is true maybe just roll with it yeah Yeah. but she does say i don't think jack randall's gonna be convinced so easily and dougal's like i he knows Jack Randall does not buy into the magic truth water. But he has a plan. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously talked to Ned Gowan about it before. He admits. He said, I thought it might come to this. Ned and I have talked. And I can change you to a Scottish woman. And then you don't have to... And how does she become a Scottish woman? She marries a Scot. And at first she's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, and then she's like, I suppose I'm going to marry you, Dougal. Dougal laughs. Dougal wants no part of that. I think, no, he's like, as much as I would like to, yeah, I can't even remember the expression. Yeah, was, I don't want to know was the like, expression. That was like a hard, I just want to be friends. You are not my wife. <laughs> no, he, I think, I think he, he makes some really rude sexual reference. Uh, he does, but Dougal does not want to come home to Claire Beecham every day. I'll give, I'll <laughs> tell you that. He's learned that already. He's like, instead, we Jamie, who, by the way, Dougal doesn't like. So he's like, he's like, guess what? You're going to marry Jamie. <laughs> well, the There's next a scene. treat for you, young she, Jamie. <laughs> she's sitting on a log, literally, looking at the contract of marriage, playing with her wedding ring right. from Frank. And Jamie, as you pointed out, wearing a very puffy shirt. He has a very puffy shirt. Walks up and uh, brings her alcohol. Yeah. And says, what kind of friend would I be if I let that... He says that madman Randall get his hands on you or something. He kind of makes a joke about it, like yeah, that guy's no, crazy. No, he's, he's <laughs> and it's pretty... like for someone who's been almost killed by him, you're Twice. making jokes, yeah, right? Like, yeah. um, and she has questions which I think are really good. Like, well, don't you want to marry yeah. someone else? Are you betrothed already? Why the hell would you want to marry me? And he's like, just FYI, um, I'm not exactly a catch yeah. because there's a price on my head. <laughs> I make no money at all. Have you seen my back? <laughs> yeah. It's... And he says, no father wants his daughter to be married to a man who could be arrested and hanged at any time. Right. He's it's got like, a lot of Al points. Way, he... way to sell yourself, Jamie. But I think it's necessary because I think a lot of viewers would watch this and be like, because to them... He looks like a catch. Right. But he's like... Jamie sees this as a hot win. He's, oh, for he's, sure. He's, he's in on this. <laughs> he's like, no one else wants to marry yeah, me. Yeah, except Leary. Except, except Leary. <laughs> You're pretty good looking. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can fix me every time I do something yeah, stupid and get hurt. Yeah, he does say something like that. You've mended my wounds a number of times. Yeah, You're yeah. a good friend. I don't think I should send you back to yeah. that madman Randall. And I'm really not a catch to anyone right. else. She's like, do you, don't you care that I'm not a virgin? I know. Oh. 
when he's like, as long as you don't yeah. care that I am, I reckon oh, one of us should know what the, what we're doing. That's right. And you can just see, like, Claire's, Claire's like, this is going it. from bad to bad worse. worse. yeah. But then you made some joke about, well, Claire knows... Claire knows her way around the bed sheets. Yeah, so. I know. She'll she'll teach them up good. Yeah. And then the next, I think it's five seconds, are my all-time, it's my favorite Outlander scene yeah. ever. The music starts, and all of them are standing by their little horse and buggy, waiting to see what she's going to do. And it's all of my favorites. It's Rupert and Angus and Willie and Dougal and Murta. Mm-hmm. And then they see her walking towards them and they all hit Jamie like, okay, well, this is it. And Jamie's like, ooh, maybe she's coming to say yes. And she just walks. Doesn't even look at any of them. She doesn't look at any of them. She walks right through them, grabs the bottle of liquor from Dougal's hand, which Dougal lets her. And she just keeps on going. going. And all of them, including Myrta, just kind of like, look, Myrta thinks it's funny. Yeah. Because Myrta's like, she's going to say yes, guys. But it's such a good scene. And then it's like cut to black. Yeah. And it's like, this is the stuff of time travel wonder. What do you do in this situation, right? It's a quandary. She's debating what to do. Yeah. It's my favorite scene. I got goosebumps. Goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Yes, you are. I can, I'll attest to that. End episode. End episode. Roll credits. Okay, well, I just said what my favorite scene was. So what's your favorite scene of the episode? Um, My favorite, you know what? I'm going to go back to the, uh, to the, the, the brook of truth. Is that your favorite I scene like for that real? Scene. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, it just stuck out. I like, I just like Dougal in that scene where he's like, yep, okay. Like it was just kind of, <laughs> I know, it, I, I I know you're telling found, the truth now. I almost found it kind of funny for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. I like that scene. I, I can respect greatly the Jack Randall, the, the table scene with Claire and Jack Randall. I just feel like it goes on for way too long, but but it's a really well done scene. It's a really like it's a, like emo- it's an emotional roller coaster, you know, considering it's just two people sitting at a table. Um, it was really well done, but I just felt like it ran long. And those two actors are great together, whether yeah. they're playing husband and wife in love, husband and wife no longer in love, no. enemies. Right. Stomach punching rape man versus lying English woman. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So what's your least favorite scene? Um, my least favorite scene, I think, was the amputation, just because I didn't, I, I spent too much time being like, why are they cutting off his arm? I kind of, <laughs> I was sort of taken out of the scene a little bit, and so that was, I don't okay. get it. It's like, yeah. why? Um, so my least favorite scene is the flashback to Jamie's um, oh, yeah. vlogging, just because I find it way too horrific to deal with. MVP. I mean, I got to give it to Jack Randall. This, me too. This is a hard yeah. Jack Randall episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 Loin points. Uh, I'm going to go 44. 44 loan points. It's insane. That's insanity. Why? Why? It was kind of like a, like a, it was, it was technically oh strong, goodness. but a bit oh of an entertainment snore. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would give it. respect it, but I didn't, I, 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 it was a struggle to get through it for okay. me. 120. I give it 120. 120. This That's is the not... best episode. I gave, I think I gave the last one 110. Where? This is 120. Off and the I, scale. I, I, I'm going to go back. I'll go back on the scale, but this is such an excellent, excellent episode. I could watch it over and over. In fact, one of my best You're... and oldest friends refuses to watch Outlander. 
because she doesn't think that she'll like it. And she told me one day, she's like, okay, fine. I'll watch one episode. And she's like, I'll watch the pilot. And I said to her, a lot of people find the pilot really slow. I don't know if you'll like the pilot. And she said, her argument was that if a show's pilot isn't good, then she wouldn't watch the rest of the series. So she said, pick one episode out of all of the Outlander episodes for me to watch in order to convince me that I would like the show. And I was going to pick the Garrison Commander. It's a bad choice. If you if you thought you were trying to push her towards one that wasn't drawn out and a little bit dry. Now, this friend you're talking about is an actor. So maybe from that standpoint, um, she would have appreciated it more than yeah. most. But, uh, yeah. But uh, but this would have been my one. Okay, well, hey, I mean, to convince her to you continue gave it to watch, to continue so, to watch the show. Yeah, so maybe is, she would. This would have been it. Um, I just want to say, you are me from last season. Like you're, you've just blown the scale right out. It's meaningless now. But last just, season you started doing creating negatives. Numbers. You're just like I give it a unicorn. Like it's like it's. It means, I do give this episode. It means unicorn. nothing. I give it right? unicorn like, out of a hundred. This okay. is the best. Outlander episode. It's just excellent. It has absolutely everything in it. It has humor. It has tension. It has horror. It has romance. It has excitement. I will earn a unicorn. It gets a unicorn. Okay, great. Okay. So. Mine's like a pigeon. It gets more than a pigeon from you. No, it's not a flying rat. Season three had some flying rats, but this episode most certainly is not a flying rat. Okay, fair. It's like a duck. It is a duck. There you go. That's that's a great one, actually. For you. For me, for it me is, it's a unicorn. Thank you. For you, I'd give you it did, a duck. You quantified it perfectly. It is a duck. What's happening? We're going on a rampage. Let's talk about our contest. Yes, which has turned into a rousing success mm-hmm. after week one, less success. Mm-hmm. We've had, uh, after throwing some softballs out there, we've gotten a number of more, answers. More people are interested in playing when we throw softballs. That's right, and uh, a lot of right answers. So last week's question was... Who was cast first, Sam Hewen or Katrina Ball? And the answer was... Sam Hewen. Sam Hewen. A lot of right answers. Congratulations to all our winners, including our... Number one our fan! Number one fan who came out of the woodwork uh, <laughs> to answer this. So the, the tally is on, and the contest continues. With another question this week, which is... Um, a little more obscure. We're going to ramp it up a little bit. It's and see a medium if, ball. Medium ball. We'll see if we lose all of you on this one. So, um, as you may know, both Megan and I are large fans of Ronald D. Moore, the showrunner of Outlander, or at least for now. And uh, so the question is, name two other TV series which Ronald D. Moore has been the showrunner or executive producer for. Um, you can send your answers to us at loinlander at gmail.com on Twitter, at Loinlander, and somewhere on the Facebook. That's right. Loinlander, yeah. Loinlander page. Loinlander, yeah, there. There. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for now. Another great week of the Loinlander recap episodes in the book. That's right. It is. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. promise me I'll be back in time. story i don't think we have a question no do we i didn't think we did we don't have a question megan's telling me to stop because we need to come up <laughs>